Here's a question for you. Who is your GOAT? You know what I mean. The greatest quarterback of all time. Is it Tom Brady? Is it Joe Montana? Is it Peyton Manning? Is it John Elway? Or is it none of these I just mentioned? We'll find out who I think is the GOAT. Get my ebook, Why Your Goat Ain't Mine, The Five Greatest Quarterbacks in NFL History, on ColeJohnsonOnline.com for free. ColeJohnsonOnline.com, Why Your Goat Ain't Mine, for free. Get it right now. What you waiting for? Go get it. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to one and all. This is the podcast always suitable for work, home, play, all commutes to and from work, and all points in between. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide Cole Johnson, and you have entered the zone called Sports on Another Level. And on this episode, I'm going to touch on Warriors trying to get the 73 while stopping the Spurs from getting the 41. Ray Lewis and his Black Lives Matter rant or sermon. And I'm going to put an illustrious subject and person under further review. But for right now, let's get to those headlines. Dateline, Oakland. So the defending NBA world champs, Golden State Warriors, defied all logic, defied all haters, and also defied San Antonio in winning their Clash of the Titans, 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 number 4,374,895, to the tune of 92 to 86. Now, they, at the present time of the recording is sitting on 72 with a home game against the Grizzlies to close out the year and possibly get history and through all of the things that people kept saying that they were frauds that they were they were phony and that they would falter and that they would tire this team from October to now have had a dead set focus on doing something that no other team has done and you know what I'm just going to salute you. Now, I'm not a fan of the Warriors. I'm just a fan of greatness. And when I see greatness, I just have to tip my cap. It was a wonderful job that, that Steve Kerr did and Luke Walton did in the beginning of the season in place of a hurting Steve Kerr, who I've heard from reports is still actually hurting. Led by Kerr, led on the floor by Curry, Thompson, and of course the heart of the team, Draymond Green. And a bench that actually is deeper than we give it credit for being. The sky is the limit for the Warriors, and I'm not just talking about 2016. I'm talking about we might be seeing a dynasty in the making. Be prepared, because you haters are going to be stepping on the gas pretty hard. Because you're going to wonder why a jump shooting team is just running roughshod over everybody else. Get, get prepared, because you're going to see a lot more of the Warriors on ABC and ESPN and TNT. Dateline Augusta. So the tournament to end all tournaments, the Masters, took place this past weekend, and the defending champion Jordan Spieth was on his way basically to a coronation of a second straight green jacket. With a five-stroke lead, 
going into the back nine, everything seemed to be under control when it started to unravel first on the 10th and then the 11th and then finally the 12th hole. Now, the hardest part about it all was that in the ceremony, you normally have to, if you are not a winner of the tournament, you normally have to actually put the coat of the green jacket onto the winner of the tournament. It's sort of as a rite of passage saying, welcome to the club. It was so heartbreaking to see Spieth grab the jacket. He stumbled. He almost fell to the ground. But I give him much credit. And a lot of people basically threw props his way and shade toward Cam Newton's way and saying, you see that, son? That is how you're supposed to act when you lose. You're supposed to be gracious when you lose. Well, fine. You know, but it, it was just heartbreaking to see Spieth have a five-stroke lead with nine holes to go and not close the deal. I know he's going to be dreaming about those nine holes at the end of the tournament on day four, probably until the second weekend in April of 2017. Jordan, for me to you, just keep your head up. You got a lot more tournaments to go because you are young and you just got started. You have more championship glory with you and within you. Dateline, Chicago. The first American-born player in the National Hockey League wins the Art Ross Trophy. Now, for those who are not of those who are not well versed in the NHL, there's some of my my uh, co-sports MVPs and VIPs who are. But for those who are not, the Art Ross Trophy is normally given to a player who has scored the most points in an NHL given season. The award has not been given to an American since it started, which was in 1948 until now almost 70 years later now upon receiving the award and honor kane said and i quote it is an honor being the first american to win the scoring title as there have been so many great hockey players from the united states in the nhl i take a lot of pride in that but i also take a lot of pride in doing it with the chicago blackhawks i owe a lot to my teammates coaches and the organization as I couldn't have done it without them. This has been a special season, but we still have a lot to accomplish as a team, and I look forward to another long run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Close quote. Now, the reason why I chose this story is very simple. <laughs> Think back six months ago, and what was this man doing? <laughs> he was fighting for his life because of rape charges back in his hometown in Buffalo. So... How amazing is it that this guy goes from having to fight off charges of rape to now six months later winning the scoring championship in the league in which he plays. So hopefully you will do well 2016 Stanley Cup playoffs. Who knows, you might hoist the cup once again this June like you did last June. Chicago will go crazy again if that's the case. Dateline! Who knows? Johnny Manziel. <laughs> this man just stays in the news for the, all the wrong reasons. Manziel is trying to live his life right. But the problem is, we don't know where he's living. And apparently, neither does he. Because supposedly, he told a TMZ reporter that he was staying out in Denver with Von Miller. He says, and I quote, I'm living out here with my guy, Von Miller. Everybody knows Von Miller, Super Bowl MVP Von Miller, my brother. I'm living with him right now. 
we're getting our life together. Close quote. I'm going to touch on that in a minute. But after Vaughn refuted that whole claim with a stepbrothers themed picture of Manziel and, and Miller and an LOL in bold caps as an inscription on the thought of the two of them as roommates, there was a report that was filed by Bleacher Report that Manziel was living with Josh Gordon. Yes, the same Josh Gordon that we will talk about definitely in the podcast to come. Well, there's another report by CBS Sports that says, well, he's not living with Josh Gordon either. So where is Manziel living? The case, the curious case of Johnny Manziel. Where in the world is this idiotic fool living? Now, let me get back to the, quote, we're getting our life together, close quote, portion of your saying that you were living with Von Miller. Understand something. Miller is on Dancing with the Stars. Miller just won the Super Bowl. Miller just got the Super Bowl MVP, as you so eloquently said to TMZ. There isn't anything he has to do to get his life right. His life is already right. Yours ain't. And speaking of your life not being right, you're not living with Von Miller, you're not living with Josh Gordon, certainly aren't living with your ex-girlfriend that you wanted to use as a, as a punching bag. So let's see, on top of being drunk and being unprofessional, you now are also a liar. Get your butt into any type of rehabilitation center and get your life straight. There are more and more people who are starting to care less about you being a football player and now they're praying or hoping that you won't actually end up dead. Come on now, Mansell. Get your head out of your behind and let's get it going. Your life is much more important than you treat it. When I return, we're going to put an illustrious man under further review, but immediately following the break, Ray Lewis, Black Lives Matter movement, and a sermon. Be right back. Cold Sport Now on social media platforms all over the internet. You can find the Cold Sports on these social media platforms. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, iTunes, and it's home, ColdJohnsonOnline.com. Subscribe to any and all of these platforms for Cold Sports. Sports on another level. Subscribe. Cold Sport! Available on ColeJohnsonOnline.com and many social media outlets. Welcome back. Glad that you're here. Glad that you're joining me.
the former Baltimore Ravens linebacker, middle linebacker, Ray Lewis, is fond of speaking about any issues that he finds necessary to speak on and speak about. And he's done a great job in doing so. Well, last week he decided to speak on the Black Lives Matter movement. In that video, he says, and I quote, when we're our skin color, start paying attention to our own skin color. When will we stop crying that black lives matter? Because God says, I am Alpha and Omega. I am creator of all and all come up under me with my spirit, which means color means nothing. I am king. I will live as king. But we have found our way distracted. Close quote. Now he went onward to say something that sparked a little bit of, of discomfort with, with some, some of my cold sports MVPs when he mentioned about slavery and togetherness. And the part that he said was, and I quote, let's take it way back to when we once understood what slavery was all about. Slavery was about togetherness and understanding we must overcome together. Not that we must separate ourselves to highlight our skin color, close quote. Now, I fundamentally have a disagreement with that statement. I get what you were saying, Ray. I do. You could have said it a lot better because uh, slavery was never about togetherness. Slavery has, is, and always will be about oppression. That's what slavery was about, period. And now because of that, yes, the, the overcoming spirit that many of our ancestors had, understandable. Get that 100%. That was just a bad example. Now, you should have, if you wanted to use an example like that and reach back into history, you'd have to go far. You could have just gone to the civil rights era 50 years ago because the civil rights movement was about togetherness and understanding that we must overcome together. Heck, they were singing a song, We Shall Overcome Anyway. So it was about that. Now, back to the crux of your rant. I get what you mean, too, by saying if black lives really matter, then why are we seeing black people kill other black people? I get that. I get that. And I have my own personal issues with Black Lives Matter. Here is my issue. Now, Martin Luther King said it is OK to be civilly disobedient if your rights are infringed upon. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. And one of my colleagues was saying that the Black Lives Matter movement was about civil disobedience. And I said, hmm. Yeah, to a degree. But to another, another degree, there are some who are about civil disrespect. Here's my example. Last summer, Bernie Sanders, the, one of the presidential candidates of this year in the United States, was trying to do his best to actually express what he was trying to represent. When two ladies that represented the Black Lives Matter movement stepped up on stage and screamed at him, to speak in the mic for time. Now, Mr. Sanders, uh, Senator Sanders, who's very respectful, stepped back and he said, okay, no problem. But that makes, that makes your movement look bad. It makes your movement look immature. It makes your movement looks like, look like you're throwing a temper tantrum. Yes, there is issues. And I get why the Black Lives Matter movement is a movement, because there is killing within the African-American community that has gone on too long and too much. The thing is, it is every single, per it's every single area 
that is killing our own. So the thing that I challenge all of you, Black Lives Matter and Ray Lewis, is focus on all of this. All of this. You want to stop killing? Yeah. Let's go to our brothers and say, put down the guns. But let's also go to the police and say, look, we can't have you act like you are militia. We're humans just like you are. Both entities have to respect that. And if they don't, I feel for anybody who's in, the, who's in and around that area. Because right now there are individuals who think, well, forget, for, forget reason. Forget love. Forget them. It's all about hate. I'm going to get my hate on. And you get nowhere. And unfortunately with this, I get, I get your rant, Ray. Because really, it was at the tail end of this nine-minute rant that really meant the most to me. When you said, and I quote, and brothers, if nobody else won't scream to you, I'm going to scream to you. I know black lives matter because I'm a black man. But man, stop killing each other. Close quote. It took you eight minutes to get to that point. That is a message I can say, you know what? Ray said that. I can support that 100%. <laughs> but when you, <laughs> when you <laughs> get on... <laughs> And start to start to talk about this thing like you did like now. You, you, yeah. You, you want to sound like, you sound like, I said sound like, yeah. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, yeah. How could anyone take you seriously when you want to sound like a preacher on Sunday morning? Where's your pulpit? Where's your microphone? Where's your Bible? Where's your flock? Speak to them. Speak to them now. Speak to them now. Yeah. For seven minutes, that's what you sounded like. So how, Ray, can anybody listen to your message when people are thinking, how can we take him seriously? When, when he basically is wanting us to just simply do a Holy Ghost dance. When I come back, I'm going to put this illustrious man upon further review. Once again, my co-sports MVPs, why your goat ain't mine. The five greatest quarterbacks of all time is yours today for free right now. All you have to do is go to ColeJohnsonOnline.com. That's ColeJohnsonOnline.com and get your ebook copy. Get it right now. Get it today. Get it. That's all you got to do. Just go get it. For the next podcast, we're going to address Robert Ory being the most clutch athlete in the history of sports. Yes, you heard me correctly. We're also going to commemorate Jackie Robinson, and we're going to award our Dolt of the Week. But that's for the next podcast. For this one right now, we're going to put this subject 
this career and this man upon further review. He averaged 25.4 points for his regular season career. 25.6 in the playoffs with five rebounds and five assists. This man was so great, he had two tenures in two different numbers. One was number eight, and the other was 24. He is the athlete that has spent the most time in NBA history in one jersey, and that man is Kobe Bean Bryant. He'll retire the number three scorer of all time in NBA history. He right now possesses the second most points ever scored in a single game in NBA history. 18 All-Star appearances with four MVPs in the All-Star game. Nine-time NBA All-Defensive first team, three-time second team on the defensive side. Scoring champion in 2006-2007, the slam dunk champion in 1997, the Lakers' all-time leading scorer, two-time MVP in the NBA Finals, 2009-2010, MVP of 2008, and we can debate on why he only won that award once, because he could have won the award multiple times. But the only crowning achievement he really cared about, he won five times. And that's being an NBA world champion. That's really all that mattered. He didn't really care about anything but leading his team to victory. And if you were a man that simply didn't want to do what it took to get to that, that finish line, well, he didn't want to really have time for you. And because of that, we all misunderstood him. We thought he was a brat. We thought he was spoiled. We thought that, that he wanted his own team. And to an extent, all of that was true. And it basically led to, I think, the two, two incidents that really makes you think long and hard about this man and his legacy being tarnished. And that was his rape trial in Denver back in 2003. And then the next year, having his own moment, like a D'Angelo Russell to, to Nick Young, and saying that Shaq was just pulling trim all over the place. He learned. He learned a lot. And he was the, the figure who was beloved by the skills he had, was hated for the fact that he not necessarily was wanting to be the number one guy, but really wanted to be the only guy. And he was vilified to the point where endorsement deals were pulled. Because many young Kobe Bryant fans probably can't remember before his rape trial in 2003, he was getting endorsement deals out the yang. But he turned around his life, and I'm so glad that he did. I'm so glad that he still is with his wife, Vanessa. He still is with their, t uh, their two daughters. And even though he flirted with being traded and asked the team to get rid of him, I'm glad he stayed in, in, in L.A. Now, I'm not really a fan of Kobe. 
Never really have been. But you don't have to be a fan of something or someone in order to appreciate them. I appreciate this guy. How can you not when here he was at 34 and he became the youngest player ever to score 30,000 points in a career? So it's wonderful to see how people are, have treated him this whole whole year, this, this Kobe Bryant tour, this figure that when in many different seasons when he would get the ball, road crowds would boo heartily. But now, all throughout this past year, whenever he got the ball, people wanted to see him do something great. And he got standing ovations in Boston and Washington, D.C. and Philly. Received love in, received love in, in Utah. Received love in Denver. Received love up the coast in, in the Bay Area. It's wonderful to actually see a, a, a person who was considered a villain be looked upon as a hero. And how can you not? When you look at yourself in the mirror and you say to yourself, I got to improve on who I am as a man, how can any one of us not respect that, not love that, not cherish that? That's Kobe for you. He was unafraid to look in the mirror and say, dude, you fouled up. You need to change what you're doing and do it. Just like he was dedicated in, in his jump shots and his fadeaways and his penetrations and his dishes. He was also as dedicated to making sure that he became a good father and a good husband. And that, to me, more than 30,000 points, over 6,000 rebounds, and 6,000 assists, and right now he is the only man to have done that in NBA history. More than those stats, more than 20 years as a Laker, more than five championships and seven tries, more than 18 all-star appearances, what matters to me the most is that Kobe Bean Bryant has finally become a man. If you happen to like this podcast or any one of the preceding episodes, why don't you reach out to me on Twitter at Cole underscore sports. That's sports with a Z. You can also follow me on Facebook. That's Cole Sports. Again, sports with a Z. You can also follow me on SoundCloud and Stitcher and Google Play and YouTube and iTunes. Rate, review, like, share. More importantly, subscribe to any and all of those platforms. Most importantly, though, Enjoy. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I'm Cole Johnson, and this is Cole.